Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. The longer you wait, the harder it is to hear no. If you suddenly get rejected by someone you're dating, it's easier, right, than if it happened after a year or so of being with that person. Or as a child, you waited and waited for a new game or toy, and the longer the wait went on, the greater the disappointment was when it didn't come. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor. And I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're glad you've joined us. It is so good to see you again this weekend, Dr. Linda. But I'm a little disappointed that you and me and Sharon and Dr. Norm were supposed to get together for dinner, and we were not able to make that happen. I know, I know. But I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. You know why? Why? Because disappointment is the topic of our show today. You don't say, really. (laughs) I think you knew that, and I think that's probably why you said it. But Mm -hmm. it's great that you said it because everybody has to deal with disappointment. It's part of our life. Mm -hmm. But how you handle it is what matters. Maybe you should tell me how you handled that. We just said, okay, well... (laughs) Order a pizza. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Well, if that were the case for every disappointment, we wouldn't be talking about this today. That's a very good point. And <laughs> yeah. disappointment usually comes when you want something to happen and it doesn't. And uh, you can be disappointed in a person and the way they behave too. I remember being disappointed when we had hired someone new where I work, and they at the time seemed like a really great person. And maybe they were, but it just turns out to not be. It wasn't a great working relationship, so it was sort of a letdown. What was one of your biggest disappointments? Isn't it funny how you still remember Mm, the disappointment from when you were even a child or a teen? You can still remember these. I was so disappointed when I didn't make 10th grade cheerleading. But you know what? That would have meant I would have had to drop out of the band Mm -hmm. and the orchestra and playing the flute all those years, I think served me way better than cheerleading. It's just a hunch I have. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think I would have turned into a a professional cheerleader, but boy, I sure used my uh, my talents on the flute for a lot of years in church orchestras and stuff. So it turned out to be a blessing. Well, we can all probably recount times when we felt disappointed, and maybe you're experiencing that right now. You might be disappointed in not getting the job you wanted, or your child might hope for a toy and not get it. Maybe your team at work didn't get the bonus, or you really hope to lose weight by now and you haven't. Who, me? You're right. Uh, (laughs) Was not personally intended. (laughs) (laughs) Well, being disappointed is such a common experience, but some disappointments are greater than others. I mean, I was disappointed that, you know, you didn't bring me coffee this morning. Oh, my gosh. But of course, that now that's hardly the same as not getting a job. (laughs) I would hope so. And when is it my job to bring you coffee? We need to talk about that. (laughs) As you drink your second cup since uh, we've started the show. (laughs) Um, You know, you make a good point, though. There are several factors that determine how intense the disappointment is for us. And one of those has to do with how important was the hope for a thing or Mm -hmm. the event to you. If it was really, really important, then obviously the disappointment's going to be a lot harder to deal with. Mm, well, certainly I can live with the fact that you didn't bring me coffee this oh morning. Oh my gosh, are we, how long are we going to talk about that? Maybe just a couple more minutes, <laughs> then, then we'll let it go. But a job loss would be much bigger. That's right. uh, what about how long you hope for something? Isn't that another factor in how big the disappointment feels? 
Yeah, the longer you wait, you hope, and you want something, I think the harder it is to hear no, or even、mm. not yet. Right? I think about this example. If you suddenly get rejected by someone you're dating, that's kind of okay. I mean, it's not great, but it's easier, right? Than if it happened after a year or so of being、mm. with that person. Or did you ever have this experience as a child? You waited and waited and waited for a new game or toy. And the longer you wait, you know, the longer the wait went on,、mm -hmm. the greater the disappointment was when it didn't come. I think that's because you, and we've heard this phrase, you get your hopes up.、Yeah. And it's a hard letdown when it doesn't happen, especially if you only get one chance at something. And that's another factor that makes disappointment harder. If there's only one outcome and it won't come around again, Or it won't come around for a very long time, then that's harder than if you have several opportunities to something. So, you know, I'm thinking of college applications. If you only applied to one school, hoping you would get in and it doesn't happen, you know, you can apply to other schools or you can try again. So, you know, there are other options there. But if you apply to something that is time sensitive and you don't get it, And they fill the position, then that's going to be a bigger disappointment because you miss the opportunity. Okay, so we know disappointment is more difficult if the thing you hope for is important and if you've waited a long time and if there's only one chance for it to happen. But let's talk a little bit about how it feels to be disappointed. What about the sadness that comes with something like, you know, not getting. Pregnant when you want a baby, for example. So that's what I experienced for seven years. So that fits that important long time, right?、Mm -hmm. And the sadness with that, I'm going to be honest, was very intense.、Uh, we were trying to conceive every single month. I would not get pregnant. I just felt very sad. And because I had so little control over it, it was、mm. really, really hard. So sadness comes with the loss of a precious object, a good job, a meaningful relationship, or in my case, The loss of a dream and a hope. Now, fortunately for me, I eventually did have children, but my lack of conceiving for so many years was important. It took a long time and it had only one possible outcome.、Oh. All the things we said that make disappointment more difficult. So you experienced both the disappointment and the sadness. Yeah, so disappointment and sadness have a lot in common. But, you know, Chris, sadness is more related to something you already had. So, when I miscarried, that was very, very sad, you know, because I already was pregnant and then I lost that, that pregnancy.、Mm -hmm. Disappointment is much more related to the loss of a promise or hope of something good happening. So, for years, I had to deal with the disappointment of not getting pregnant and then the sadness when I lost the baby. Both of those are really hard to deal with. And I know many of our listeners have dealt with this.、Mm, that's true. What about the difference between disappointment and regret? Well, you can feel both of those when something doesn't turn out the way you want. So, let's say you put a lot of money into an investment and it bombs and you lost a lot of money. You can feel regret and disappointment at the same time. Now, regret has to do with your own actions or inactions, and disappointment happens because you have no control. For example, let's say I ask you and Sharon out to dinner. Oh, here I am again talking about that. Here we go. And, <laughs> and then I have to cancel, right? You might, which we did. So you might be disappointed, <laughs> but there's not regret involved in that. I mean, you didn't have any control over that happening. Okay, so I, I might not feel disappointed, but mad. <laughs> okay, just kidding. Just kidding. But if Dr. Norm was cooking, We would be very disappointed not to come. I know. That is a, that's a factor here. He's such a good cook. And、mm. we, we have friends. We actually have friends, Chris, who were disappointed 
when they can't make a dinner date because of his cooking, not because of us, <laughs> but food. because of his cooking. It's so good. Right. Well, what about feeling disappointed and also dissatisfied? Can those two things go together as well? Yeah, again, this is a combination that can happen if you don't like the outcome of something. Say you finally go on that dream vacation and you spent your money on this really nice hotel and you go into the room and you go, oh, this is not great. You know, you can feel disappointed and you can feel very dissatisfied. Mm. Now, the difference is how much control you have over something. So I keep bringing that up. Mm -hmm. It has to do with how much control. When you're disappointed, you don't usually have much control over it. But when you're dissatisfied, you might try to do something about it. Like go to the front desk and ask for another room. Exactly. But what happens if all the rooms are full and they don't have a, a different room? then that is disappointment. Aha, not if I drive to a different hotel. <laughs> okay, let's say you did that. You would feel more entitled to have a better room, right? Which has more to do with dissatisfaction and frustration, not mm. disappointment. Oh, but wait. Oh, no, there's more. <laughs> let's say I have my new hotel room. <laughs> okay. I open the door and it's even worse. Ah, maybe that's a shock, not disappointment. <laughs> okay. Though really, shock is more about surprise and something unexpected. It often has nothing to do with our hopes or expectations. It just happens. Mm -hmm. So you could be shocked that you got another lousy room after all of that, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> or shocked that uh, you, you heard bad news. But that's really different than disappointment. Okay, so far, I haven't had dinner with you and Dr. Norm. <laughs> and the hotel room's awful. <laughs> this is a lot of emotions to keep track that's of. Right. Which one's our disappointment? Which one's our regret? Which right. one's our sadness? But right. Probably a good idea then to sort through what you feel when something you hope yeah. for doesn't happen. And then find good ways to deal with the disappointment. And that's where we are headed after the break. More to come on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Some days, I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder what is normal and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits? Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices, easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, will give you this confidence the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold.
Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. And social media is a great way to keep up with Dr. Linda's speaking and writing on relationships. And don't forget, you can listen to this podcast anytime on most platforms and on myfaithradio.com. So take the program with you anywhere you'd like. Well, Dr. Linda, do you have a book that deals specifically with disappointment? I was thinking about this, not directly, but all my books on relationships, like I married you, not your family, and I love my mother, but do address this issue. So it's part of relationships. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be in those relationship books. Well, now that we better understand what disappointment is and isn't, let's talk about how to best handle it. Sometimes it's easy to get stuck when we're disappointed. I agree, especially when it's something you really wanted. You know, to avoid those feelings of disappointment, Chris, I know people who just stop hoping for anything. Mm. Do you know people like that? Yeah, they sort of just throw their hands up and then they don't really have very many aspirations because they think they're going to get burned again. Right. And I think it's how they protect themselves from feeling bad. Yeah, I think that's probably why that happens, but it's hard to live like that. Mm. So I think it's better to continue to have some expectations and hope, even if you experience disappointment now and then. And let me talk about this in terms of parents, Chris. Parents should allow their children to experience disappointment as a way to prepare them in life. I don't think we always do that. Mm. I think so often we try to avoid our children feeling hurt rather than helping them move through it, which is actually healthier for the child. It makes you more resilient and it better prepares you for life. It's not easy. We feel like we need to, you know, protect our children from that, but it's a part of life and they need to experience that. So what is the first step in dealing with disappointment? First, you have to identify what the source of the disappointment is, right? And then you think about it. Is this something I could change or is this something out of my control? How do I really feel about the things that happened to me or didn't happen to me? Or how do I feel about the person who let me down? So it's not just going, oh, I was disappointed. It's Mm -hmm. thinking a little bit more about it and trying to identify more about what is this disappointment about? I think most of us just react and then don't think about how it affects us. It does take time to process your emotions. You know, I'm going to tell you to do that because I'm a therapist, right? (laughs) Right. So I'm going to say, don't just react, but it's really worth it to get to that understanding about yourself because the more you understand your emotional reactions to things, then the better you can regulate those emotions. So maybe it helps to talk to a a friend about this. You know, it does for me. Uh, This is often how I process things. I mean, when I talk about it, I can process it better And it just really helps me think through and work through those feelings. You know, I think we think sometimes we should just get over it. That's how you probably think, right? No. No? Okay. I have feelings too, Dr. Linda. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I'm being insensitive to those feelings. Okay, good. Well, we feel that way sometimes, but uh, it isn't always easy to just get over it. I know. And when I was dealing with infertility, Chris, I got to tell you, it was not helpful when people would say that to me. Mm. And people actually would say that to me. So it really depends on what it is that you're disappointed over, I think. Some things are easier to let go of, Mm. and other things take a little bit more time. And sometimes other people are really uncomfortable helping you process your emotions. So you really do need to find a good listener and someone who can handle the disappointment with you. I know it wasn't the case with your infertility, but sometimes our disappointment can be due to the lack of reality. That's right. I was disappointed all those years when I wasn't having children, but I knew I could. So my Mm -hmm. hope was based in reality. But let's say you think you should win America's Got Talent and you just aren't that talented as sometimes we see (laughs) on those shows. I mean, some of those people really think that they're like the next best thing. 
Uh, but that disappointment of being buzzed off the stage, I mean, I think it's not based in reality sometimes. Right. You have to wonder when uh, some people say they can be the next American Idol or champion of something because it doesn't look like it's based in reality. <laughs> <laughs> Even if their expectations are not based in reality, I think they can still feel disappointed. We see that, right? When people are told, no, you're not going to move on. But one of my questions to myself would be, was I being realistic about my chances or my talent, or was this really a reach for me? When you watch these contest shows, you see that gamut of reactions to the disappointment. People get mad at the producers, <laughs> they throw things at the cameramen, or they you know, start crying, they're sad, they're disappointed. So you see the whole scope of what we've been talking about. And it's usually the people who are the least talented. Right. <laughs> so that's the part that's really surprising. It calls into question this reality. That yes, it does. Well, maybe when you do feel disappointed, you could use that to get more experience, lessons, or, or practice to better prepare yourself. Yeah, hopefully that would be one of the good things that could come from disappointment, maybe a reassessment of what you might do to avoid it in the future. And if that is possible. So the opportunity to learn, to grow, to move forward is a great outcome from disappointment because our disappointment might be rooted in our poor choices, mm -hmm. maybe our lack of planning, or maybe our unpreparedness. You know, Chris, I think about those Olympians, those athletes, they got disappointed all along the way, probably as they were trying to reach for making the team, but they worked on themselves until they got to a point where they could actually get there. They had a good sense of reality because they do have the ability to win a, a medal in the Olympics. But they had to practice a <laughs> right. lot to get there. Yes. Okay, Dr. Linda, uh, full disclosure. When I get disappointed, I tend to beat myself up, but I don't think I'm the only person who does that. No, you're not the only person who does that. It's really easy to do. Again, it's all about how you react, right? So maybe the disappointment gave you experience trying something. So even though you maybe didn't get what you wanted, maybe you tried, and you really need to focus on that. You could give yourself credit for trying, and then maybe think about, well, what can I learn from this? How can I get better? Maybe how can I prepare for the next time? Think about a character strength that maybe you brought to the effort, and don't just focus on how it just didn't happen. Mm. And we have to do that with our children all the time, because they can't always be the best. They can't win all the trophies or always get what they want. They need to see that they did their best, and sometimes there is, you know, there's someone better. Boy, that's not a message we hear much, is that no. somebody might be better than you, and that shouldn't make you feel bad. I mean, it does in the moment, but kids should lose or fail once in a while to know how to handle disappointment because they're going to experience that in life. And if you are a parent who's trying to help your child avoid disappointment, you really aren't helping your child. I want to make that really clear here. Mm -hmm. You're not helping your child. You're not preparing them for real life. And it's not personal, which is mm. what we really need to tell ourselves. Yeah, things don't happen for a variety of reasons. And so we have to be careful to think it was some flaw in us or some personal thing all the time, right? As believers, we believe God orders our steps. So disappointment can sometimes mean a closed door. Or it sometimes means someone was better than you at something. Or maybe somebody else was better for the position. Mm. So it's not just me. It could be someone well, else. Well, it could just... be just you in, in, in your case, but, but we'll go with that. Yeah, it might not be just you. Okay, we're going to a break right now. <laughs> but when we come back, let's talk about when we are disappointed with God. Everyone worries, don't they? 
Well, just listen to the nightly news or read the economic forecast or even talk to your family. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel. Opportunities to worry present themselves many times during our day. So why would God tell us not to worry when it almost seems like it's impossible? First, he knows the physical damage worry does to our bodies. Second, he wants to calm us down by taking the burden of control away from us. Hey, we don't have control. No matter how much we think we do, he does. And third, he wants us to trust him. The root of worry is doubting God. Doubt is not trusting that God is who he says he is, or he will do what he says he will do. So every day, take your worries to God. Rehearse his goodness, accept his grace, and walk in the confidence that he is in control and he's working all things for your good. Mother and daughter relationships are powerful and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I Love My Mother, But, a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I Love My Mother, But, available on my website, drlindamintel.com, or online where books are sold. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. And don't forget about the podcast on iTunes. You can listen to this or any of our programs anytime. And you can check out Dr. Linda's many books, I Married You, Not Your Family, and I Love My Mother, but those relate to today's topic. And Dr. Linda, speaking of today's topic, tough question here. Okay. Are there times we feel disappointed with God and might be afraid to acknowledge it? Yeah, that is a hard question, but it's a great question. And author Philip Yancey in his book, which is titled Disappointment with God, which I have read, and I read it during that time that I was going through infertility. And I've got to tell you, Chris, it was very helpful to mm. read. He addresses this whole issue of being disappointed with God. He asks three questions that lead to disappointment. Uh, and these are really hard questions. They're complex questions, but they're great questions. First one is, is God unfair? And I think a lot of us listening are, would acknowledge that we've had that thought in our head. Mm -hmm. Is God silent? And then is God hidden? Ooh, that's a big bite. Mm -hmm. well, let's start with the first one, the unfair question. This one has to do with a thought most of us, like you said, have had. What do you do with a God who sometimes heals a friend of cancer, for example, but then doesn't heal a woman of infertility? It's just hard to understand, isn't it? Because we know God can heal anyone. And there are so many times we see the wicked prosper while the most vulnerable suffer. It doesn't seem fair. And we wonder, why doesn't God intervene? I really struggle with this one, I got to tell you. Mm -hmm. I, I have such a sense of justice and fairness. And sometimes we can feel really angry and really upset with God, even when we know in our heads, we know he's a good God. Hmm. Well, disappointment is not a sin, though, right? No, not at all. In fact, it can be a sign that we were made for a perfect world. I mean, think about that. Yeah. It's kind of a longing for what will be coming. We have grief over sin and over the brokenness of the world, and that's a good thing. And, you know, this is something that Jesus himself experienced. 
I mean, let's think about it. Jesus wept over Jerusalem, which could be seen as a cry of disappointment that God's own people couldn't see the salvation that was literally in front of them. Think about how much he must have wanted his people to choose him, and they didn't choose him. Some disappointments are because of our world that has not yet been made fully right. And, you know, if if, if we're honest, it's when we experience disappointment that we usually come to Jesus. I know. So he wants that type of intimacy with us. Now, I'm not saying that he does that in order to get us to be intimate, but mm-hmm. he tells us to come to him and bring our cares. You know, Psalm 34:18 says he's near. He's near to the brokenhearted. Hmm. And in Isaiah 61, he says he came to heal the brokenhearted. And sometimes our broken heart involves injustice. It helps me to remember, Chris, that one day he will write it all. And eventually justice will be served. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the second point. How about feeling disappointment when you feel God has gone silent on you? Because he can feel that way sometimes. And you pray for answers and it seems like you hear nothing. I know it, it's so true. And we don't really understand when this happens. But we know the answer to this is just to stay faithful. And that really is the key. The silence won't last forever. But again, why does he seem silent at times? I mean, I'm not God, so I don't know how to really even answer that question. But he does see the entire fabric of our lives, and we only see a thread of it. So it's all about trust because he has the long view. I had this conversation with uh, my daughters yesterday. Really? (laughs) That we were just talking about how God is God if we're not God. And sometimes the way he operates just doesn't look quite right, if we're being honest. Yeah, and that's trust. Hmm. Well, the third question Philip Yancey asks is, why does God seem hidden at times? You know, usually when we've had that feeling, we can go back in hindsight and we can see that he wasn't hiding, but he was sort of working behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. His timing is different than ours. A lot of times what we think should happen when it doesn't happen And it's hard to understand why he doesn't always intervene immediately like we've been talking about. Sometimes it's because of God's mercy. And we need to be grateful that he is a merciful God. But here's the human side of me asking this question. Since he wants a relationship with us so much, why does it feel like he hides sometimes? Think about the story of Lazarus' death. So Mary and Martha had to feel so disappointed when Jesus didn't come for days. And they knew he could have healed their brother. In their eyes, maybe they were thinking, you know, it was the delay. One of them said, I think Mary said to him, if you had been here, Lazarus would not have died. Mm. And Jesus wept with them and he grieved with them. And some in the crowd even asked if he healed a blind man's eyes, why couldn't he have stopped Lazarus from dying? Of course, he could have, right? We know that. And he didn't. And we don't know why, but Jesus did make an important point. He told Martha, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God. And then the miracle happened. Hmm. And Chris, the message seems to be, I mean, this is kind of my take when I read that passage, believe in me no matter what you see. And Jesus made a point to tell those sisters that he knew that they believed in him. But this miracle was for the benefit of the people standing there and watching this. He wanted them to believe he was the son of God. So the bottom line here is we may feel disappointment from God, But we don't have the big picture, so we simply do need to trust. And that childlike faith can be difficult when we want to be in control. But when we do trust that our God has our best in mind and will make all things right one day, we can handle this temporary disappointment. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. 
From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.